I go to work. I put on my employee or supervisor hat. I see my wife or husband. I put on my spouse hat. I'm with my kids. I put on the parent hat. I head to school. I put on the student hat. I look at my brother or sister, and I put on the sibling hat. I head out with my friends, and I put on the homie hat. How many hats do we have? Which one do I use? Could there be one hat for all things? Currently rocking in the school of life. He is here talking about stuff and whatever's going on in his brain. You know it is 100% Bridget! All right, here I am. It's me talking about living life and loving Jesus. (laughs) So I hope you guys, if you're a dad out there, I hope you had a great Father's Day last weekend. I had a fantastic Father's Day, great day at church. I didn't win a steak, but that's okay because they had a contest for steaks at church. Why not? Because it's Father's Day. Fathers love steaks. That's why. (laughs) So I hope you guys had a great Father's Day. Um, Once again, thank you for hanging out here with 100% Richard. Um, if you're watching me right now on YouTube, just to let you know, 54% of the people that watch this YouTube channel are not subscribed. So if you guys would go ahead and subscribe, ring the bell, and uh, um, hit a like button for me, that'd be greatly appreciated. Then you'll know whenever my videos pop up. And if you're hanging out with me on audio, you can check me out on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or wherever podcasts are available. I'm pretty much everywhere there is. So... Let's get into this today. Well, hopefully you got this far, you listened to the intro. So I'm going to be talking about hats so, <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the hats that we wear every day and the things that we do every day and, and, and how to get through life, living life, loving Jesus with the different hats that we have to wear. So the roles we play in everyday life, parenting, husband, wife, sister, brother, not limited to, but including work life, home life sports life, hobby life, maybe even married life or single life, or maybe just life with your neighbor. Those are the different hats that we wear. The places we go, the things that we do outside our house, inside our house, we, we, we wear different hats with the different types of things that we do. And sometimes these hats that we put on in place in our lives, with the, the one in place of, in our lives is totally different than the hat we put on in another. So in one place in life, we wear a hat that says we're an employee or a boss or a supervisor or something of that nature. And then we come home, we have to put on our parent hat if you have kids. Or if you're married, you have to put on your husband or wife hat. And so we we have these situations where we're constantly changing our hats and what we do and in the place that we're at. And sometimes one hat is totally different than another. Some of our hats might even change our personality because we put on a specific hat when we go hang around certain people or groups and we use that hat as a front. So living life loving Jesus means we have even more hats. So if you're a Jesus, if you're a believer, if you're a Jesus person and you're a believer, you wear more hats than most people because then we have our church hat, our serving hat, our leader hat, our partner hat, and so on and so forth. So things shift when you become a believer with the types of hats that you wear. And sometimes, in some people's lives, 
the church hat is so totally different than any other hat because some of us are different at church than we are at home. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be the same everywhere we go. We're supposed to be the person that God made us to be no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, no matter how we're functioning. So how do we put all these hats together and make them function as one? Well, you don't. These are the roles we play and the hats that we wear. But what if we had a hat big enough to cover all the other hats at once? And that hat would even adjust the hats that might be a little crooked or maybe backwards. This one hat would cover all the roles and areas in our lives. So we absolutely have, let's say you're a parent. You have a parent hat. You put on your parent hat when your kid is doing certain things. <laughs> I'm now, I have to function like this. When you go to work, you put on your work hat. You have to function like this at work. When you go to this place, you have to put on your, your shopping hat. <laughs> Maybe you got to do that. I don't know. Maybe you got to do that. <laughs> but there's a hat that covers all the hats because it aligns the hats. And that hat is the word of God hat. The word hat covers all hats. The word hat actually adds more hats, which really can kind of mess you up a little bit. So let's take a look at this. So you get to know the Bible. You get to learn the Bible. You study the Bible. You do what the Bible says. And we end up with hats like, I'm called. So my calling hat. I'm a child of God hat. My church partner hat. My tither hat. I have an heir hat. A joint heir hat. Maybe I'm in the fivefold ministry and I have an apostle hat, a prophet hat, evangelist hat, a pastor hat, a teacher hat, or something to the, one of those. You fall into one of those or all of those categories. We have to be an example to people, so we have an example hat. We have to witness Jesus, so we have a witness hat. We, we fall into service with our church and with, within our communities and things of that nature, so we have a service hat. And so many more that come along when you get to know Jesus and, and, and you get into the word of God. But these new hats actually help bring into alignment the hats that we're already wearing. So if you're a parent hat, if you wear a parent hat, you might want to get to know what the Bible says about parenting. If you wear uh, an employee hat, you might want to read what the Bible says about being an employee because the word will tell you how to function in those other hats. And I'm going to start with Jesus because Jesus wore a word hat. Now, that sounds a little weird, but Jesus knows his word. So watch this. We're going to start with Jesus in the desert. So he gets baptized by John, and then he heads into the desert. And then when he comes off his fast, he's hungry. So he's hungry. He's like, oh, my God. So just like you're hungry, he was a man. So he's just like you're hungry. Like, oh, man, I just fasted for 40 days. All I've had. I need to get to Denny's. <laughs> Right? And what a perfect time for the devil to tempt you, right? So if he, But if he wasn't wearing his word hat, he may have been deceived by the enemy when the enemy showed up. So here's Matthew 4, 1 through 4. Now, I know we've heard this before, and you, you've seen this in different ways, but I want you to see something in this that I see. And, well, here we go. So here's Matthew 4, 1 through 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. I think, he, I think the Bible makes a point there. Afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to, he, came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now the first word here is if. 
So he's questioning who he is. He's questioning his authority. He's questioning whether or not he is the Christ. He's, he's, the enemy is great at that. He, he makes you question who you are. So this is one of the first things he does with Jesus, just like he does with us. So no matter what hat we have on, the enemy will go, who are you? What are you? Why are you here? And the first thing he does is start to question who we are. And, we, and do we really, do we know the word well enough? Are we wearing our word hat often enough to have an understanding of how to respond? And what Jesus does here is he responds with the word of God. This is verse four. But he answered and said, it is written. So he didn't just pull something out of the air. He didn't go, well, God said, and I'm God, so this is how it is. He said, it is written. It is something that was in the Old Testament, something prior to his time that he is now quoting here. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I think that's a great way to live if you really think about it. So the first thing that Jesus does here is he voices that it is written. The statement shows word knowledge. The statement shows that Jesus knows who he is. So the if goes away and he starts to function with his word hat. Jesus here is is referencing um, Deuteronomy 8. And it says this. So here's Deuteronomy 8. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, so a fresh bread that nobody else knew, that he might make you know that man shall not live, here it is, that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So here in Deuteronomy, this is the time that the Israelites are in the desert. They're getting fed manna from heaven. They can only eat it when it's there. So there's, he's saying here that, hey, I gave you bread, but that's not the point. You're supposed to live by what the word says, by what the Lord gives you, by every word that proceeds out of the Lord's mouth. And now where do we get that, That the, what, what comes out of the Lord's mouth? Well, we get that from the Bible. We get that from the word so that we know what it is. If we could actually get so deep into the word that we could run through our spiritual Rolodex, if you don't know what a Rolodex is, I apologize, but Rolodex was this thing that had a bunch of cards in it so you could rotate through it and find stuff. So your spiritual Rolodex, Holy Holy Spirit gives you stuff, you, you've read the Bible, he brings to remembrance, so that's your Rolodex, that's your your data pad, your your iPhone, whatever it is that you, that you dig into and to find the right verses for the right situations in your life. Then it won't matter what hat we are wearing or what role we are in. We filter things through the word of God before we do things. That's the way that we should do things. So at the time of temptation or at a time when we don't know what to do because we can work within the realm of the word to find out how to get through any situation. So we can actually go, hey, I'm in this spot, I'm wearing this particular hat at the time, so if I'm wearing my parent hat, what does the Bible say about parenting in a situation that might be bad? What does the Bible say about depression if I'm sitting, if I've chosen to put on a depression hat? What does the Bible say about this thing or that thing if I've chosen to wear that hat? And how do I get out or how do I function within that situation? Or how do I get better when I run into those situations more often depending on the hat that I'm wearing? So we activate the word by using our might. What does that mean? It's an action. So whenever we see, not whenever, but a lot of times when we see the word might in the Bible, it's saying you have to make an action. Anything we put our mind to, we can do. Or anything we put our hand to, we can do. So here's Solomon. Now Solomon was a king, was was the king. 
He was showered with everything he needed. But the one thing that, that he asked for, Jesus said, what do you want? He said, I want wisdom. So Solomon is a man of wisdom. So he knows a bunch of stuff. And Ecclesiastes is a weird book. So go go read that. And basically, basically he's going, I got all this cool stuff. I should have done what God said I should do. And because I'm going to lose it all when I die. <laughs> so... I don't know. That's that's the way I look at that book. <laughs> but he says some interesting stuff in this book. So watch this. This is Ecclesiastes 9.10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Now, it doesn't say do it with God's might. He says do it with your might, which means that's an action that you have to take so that it activates quote I guess more or less activates God in the thing that you're going to do so God gives you something to do so we have something to do we have many hats that we wear and and maybe we're going to put on our apostle hat and we have to start churches in its most basic form so we put on that hat we have to start doing something here in the earth and then God comes in and goes okay I'm going to take that and do something with it because we're his hands and feet so when it says with your might it's your might, God, you're connecting with Holy Spirit, you're connecting with God, you're connecting with Jesus, and then that thing is going to move forward. So when we focus on things, we always do it better. If you're total, no matter what it is, if you're building a balsa wood airplane from a kit, if you're focused on that, you're going to take it apart properly, you're going to put it back together properly because you have to snap all the little pieces out. Or like a plastic model, you have to pop all the little pieces out and then slowly put it all together. So the more focused on it you are, the better at it you're going to be. So when we put our hands to the work, when we put our mind into the project, and we put our might behind it, we will always see great results. And I like the end of the verse. Let's go back to the verse. For And it says like this at the, at the end of the verse. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. So we should put all of our effort into what we are doing in life, all our might now, because we don't take anything with us when we leave. We don't take anything with us when we go to heaven. We have a whole new body even. We have new clothing. We have new everything that we need. Everything we need will be there. Jesus will be there. So everything that we put our heart and mind to here will stay here as a legacy for you on earth, but you don't take it with you. So we leave everything on the table, so to speak. When, when, when you have your word hat on and you're doing what the things that God says for you to do and you're functioning in all with all your other hats underneath that and God is showing you all these pictures of life and how to do this stuff, you're setting up a legacy for people to follow after you go, but you don't take anything with you. So we should put our effort into the things that we have to put our hands to or the roles that we play or the hats that we wear, especially the word hat that covers all other hats that are direction in all things we do on the earth for God. The word should guide us into his way, God's way in all the roles we play in life. We should live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now here's Ecclesiastes 12, 11, because this is interesting. So he actually talks about the word for a little bit. Now watch this. The words of the wise are like goads. You know what a goad is? A goad is something that pokes you. It's, it, it's something that makes you keep going. Right? And the words of the scholars are like well-driven nails. 
given by one shepherd. The word should prompt you. We should get a shock, so to speak, a prompting that says this is the way we should go. Like when you want a horse to turn or stop, we pull on the reins to the left or to the right, and, and the bit in the in the horse's mouth goes, and it gives them a little bit of a, and now they got to move to that direction. <laughs> Weird sound effect, right? Or if you t- or if you hit a you you put your spur in the side of the horse to make it go faster. That's what the word should be doing. That that would be the best sense of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you direction. will tell you what directions to go. You just have to be open to listen to him and have him be a part of your life. It's a teaching that we are about to make a mistake. Hope oh, up. Oh, hey, hey. You know, have you ever been like sitting, you're like doing something and all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh no, I really shouldn't be doing this. That's God. That's the word hat functioning with the hat that you have on in the place that you're at at the time. So it's a teaching when we're about to make a mistake, the word should give us directions. Or when we're about to make a life decision, we should have a prompting from Holy Spirit to make the right decision. And I can tell you about a bunch of people that made a right decision. (laughs) Are you ready for this? The crowd in Acts chapter 2 made a huge decision. Over 3,000 people made a decision for Jesus when the word was spoken. Check this out. When Peter, when, Peter, <laughs> when Peter was preaching, he was preaching fire. He was teaching out of the Old Testament. He was doing all kinds of stuff. He was sharing about Jesus. The crowd did something awesome. Watch this. This is Acts chapter 2, 37 through 39. Now, when they had heard this, so, they, so, so Peter preached a message, and he talked about Jesus and what he did and all that stuff. They were cut to the heart. The word spoke to them. The Holy Spirit convicted their heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? The word prompted them to ask a question. What should we do? What? Well, what's next then? I, this Jesus thing is a good idea. This is, this is something I need. This is going to direct my life. There's, there's, something's happening right here that I really need this right now. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call. So they were cut to the heart and they asked what they should do and Peter gave instructions Basically, this is the first altar call. And at that moment, 3,000 were added to the church. 3,000 were added to the church. The word that was being spoken was being revealed in the hearts of the listeners. A change was occurring within the crowd. So Peter was wearing his word hat. He preached from the book of Joel. He did what the word said with all his might in conjunction with the Holy Spirit while functioning as an evangelist. So this picture actually shows us something. Peter was wearing his preacher hat, his evangelist hat, and they were covered by the word hat. The Holy Spirit moved and thousands of people got saved. Man, just think of what we what we could do if we got so into the word that we could actually function with every hat on. When we cover all the hats we wear in life with the word of God, we will see miracles happen in our families 
or our workplace, in our churches, maybe even in the streets or maybe in our neighbors. So the hats we wear are important. They are who we are. I'm a parent. I'm an employee. I'm a, I'm a boss. I'm a supervisor. I'm a CEO. I'm an entrepreneur. And in all these things, I wear a hat that's designed for those positions or roles in life. Imagine how much better you would be in those roles in life if we put the word hat and got all the rest of them in alignment with every word that comes out of the Lord's mouth. Right on, right on. Yeah.